1: That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com.
2: Welcome back to Play Tessie, episode 17. It is December 20th if you are listening on Drop Day. And if you are listening on Drop Day, that means that you are subscribed. If you're not subscribed, be more like those other listeners because we love them a whole lot. We love you too, but we want to love them the same way that we love you. And this is the Nathan Evaldi Luis Urias episode yeah we're gonna toss him in the mix um and of all the arranger that we might not be talking a whole lot about today i kind of want to be talking about another former ranger jordan montgomery because i am absolutely sick and tired of yamamoto news i don't know about you guys on that front but this is the official podcast Of the Irish step, that's right, because Jonathan Papelbon is going into the Red Sox Hall of Fame along with a couple other guys. I'll be making that my enough said, but I am joined along with Sammy, Pat and Gordo for the official Red Sox podcast of WEEI, home of the Boston Red Sox. And I'm curious, Pat, how was your day?
3: It was good. Uh, day in the clinic was actually it was actually really nice. I had not that I ever want patients to cancel, but when they cancel, I get free time to catch up on stuff. So that was kind of nice because I got to get ahead on stuff. Dive, but dive yeah, into it was some nice articles
2: that are out there and populating the earth and whatnot. Actually, yeah, I did. I did. Hell yeah, Sammy. Sammy, how was your day? What'd you get up to out in the great Pacific Northwest?
4: Good good. I am uh, as you said out here in Washington, a little outside of Seattle, looking for some young cost controlled starting pitching to bring back to Boston. Maybe Bryce Miller, Brian Wu, George Kirby if you want to get a little crazy. But yeah, man, I'm like
2: in Seattle. The coffee is uh, unbelievable. Oh. Oh, I could I could get behind that for a little morning cup of coffee. And Gordo, how how you doing over there? You got the scruff back? I'm losing
0: my mind over here, Coop. Yeah, if this guy takes until after Christmas yeah. to sign. I'm not gonna be happy. I hate I it. Not gonna lately. like
4: that. Been feisty lately. I love it with the Marino stuff. And now you're mad at Yamamoto. Let's get get friggin'
3: heated, uh, Gordo. Oh,
2: he's losing it.
3: Ah, uh, do we? Um, <laughs> no, seriously, all right.
0: just sign already. Oh my god, it doesn't have to be here. Just go somewhere.
2: Yeah. No, and and I don't. We're not doing the Marino stuff. If you're a Red Sox Twitter uh, patron. You understand what probably went on Monday. Um, It kind of got annoying. I love the chaos. Like, this is a whole lot better than not hearing anything related to the Red Sox. But the fact that we don't know what is going on, we're hearing reports that the Red Sox offered 300 million. And then we're hearing reports from passing that 300 million wasn't even on the table, or maybe it was. But in regards to the Red Sox, it's not too accurate. And then we're hearing that. It was 300 and people are standing there we're ground hearing on reports. Guess what?
0: No one knows anything. Yeah.
2: I mean, like, we're doing everything. I Before popping into this, I saw that the Red Sox were the six most desirable or most oh. like necessary to have Yamamoto, which that doesn't make sense. Yeah, the I he's Necessary.
0: Necessary.
4: Dude, I was like, the yo, 16th. say what you want. Say what you want about like the chances, but necessary? Oh my God. Who needs pitching more than Red Sox? <laughs> So uh, in the did entire you league.
2: did you see the list that I don't, I think it was MLB on Fox put it out? Oh yeah, I, I saw it. But like, yeah, it was, how was,
4: how did was. Could you put any team in the entire league over the Red Sox in terms? So the, of the Yankees
2: team? were number one, and I kind of looked at this list as teams that have already demonstrated that they are balls deep into 2024 at this point, and and I guess you could say the Yankees have kind of pushed all their chips on to like the middle of the table. On this bet, but that, that might be why they
0: need them less. But yeah, I mean, like, they, it shows that, like, they're the most soda. desperate.
2: Cause I mean, like, at least the Red Sox have, they haven't sure really, are. The Red Sox haven't made a major bet other than Devers, I would say, Yama, like, well. like, bets, Heimbloom bets, but they haven't really pushed their chips into the table yet for 2024. They said that they're gonna be competitive, but they really haven't put their money where their mouth is.
0: All right. It's so, I'm and so And we get tired John Heyman continuing. Yeah. We get John Heyman continuing to say, every week on his stream that they're going to do something big. And I I don't have any reason to doubt him. It's just like, Oh my God. I just have to keep reminding myself. Like we saw that report about the angels talking to Blake Snell today. And I thought to myself, Oh my God, that's like the first time I've heard anything about a team. That's not one of the seven teams in on Yamamoto in like almost two weeks. Yeah.
4: Other than the Royals.
0: Yeah.
2: And and it's kind of, it's, it's a bit unfair to these other pitchers. I mean, we, We've been talking that it sounds like Jordan Montgomery is going to be the most likely outcome. And we say that as if it's like a third place consolation trophy when it's really that he would develop into your number one pitcher. And that's got to be something that pisses him off because it's kind of like he went out and just won a World Series. He he has proven MLB time under his belt. Yamamoto hasn't done anything on the major league scale yet. Yes, he is good. Yes, he has shown he can be good in the MPB again goes back to last episode we're not trying to poo-poo the mpb but from the from the perspective of a player where you're waiting for this guy to set the market because you understand it's going to help you out a little bit it's got to be annoying that you now have to continually wait on this guy who's just like ah it's a little rainy in boston i'm gonna take my time on deciding now yeah maybe i'll wait till a nice sunny day and it's like i don't know i'm getting over it i'm i'm Less interested in the actual news. I I'm of course interested in where he ends up falling, but it's it's down to just like let me know when passing fires out that tweet at this point. Like once I see that tweet from passing or once I actually see the team that is signing him put out the official presser. Like I I don't care now.
0: And that's what they're telling you to do too. Everyone who knows, like I, I just like Andy Martino is so locked into this stuff, and that's basically what he's telling you to do. It's just you're going to hear so many different things from so many different people but the sources are telling you all sorts of different information he's like i hear from reliable people like that i trust completely different like completely opposite information like he's getting completely jumbled information from good sources so it's just so hard to believe anything and that's what makes it so frustrating that it's going to take so long because if you can't believe what you hear and he's not going to sign for a week two weeks like, what are, we, what are we doing here? What are we supposed to do?
4: Yeah, it, tons of misinformation. I think the biggest takeaway, for me at least, is that the Major League Baseball offseason sucks. I mean, look oh. at the NBA. They have a like a yeah. huge mountain of moves that happen all at once. And they're the, they get like a week in the offseason where it's all about the NBA. There's no games going on, but it's all about the NBA. And, you know, typical baseball fans, they go, oh, there's nothing you can really do. And the players would never go for a deadline. Or It's just like nothing you can do. All the other leagues do it, but there's nothing we can do because we're baseball and we're old. And we like, oh, it's so, I'm so tired of it. We keep having to, uh, whatever, man. It's just, I, I need change to happen with the baseball offseason format. And I hate the defeatist, it'll never change attitude. Like,
2: yes, it will. We should go back to the pre-union setup where, whoever you get drafted to that's who you have to play for for life. Yeah. Unless they trade you. Like you can't go inside that's elsewhere.
0: Like, that's how they used to do it, right? Yeah, that was pre-union well, days. who was that first the first free agent guy? Oh. Uh Kurt Flood. Kurt Flood. Yes, he Look did him up. he sued Flood. Flood. He sued the MLB. I think he did. That was a whole thing I I tried to watch a documentary on that during the lockout cuz I was just stri- like I just needed something baseball. And I was like, okay, that's Kind of the beginning of all of this, Kurt Flood. So yeah, I, I don't say know. I just pulled up, up. I just pulled know. up
2: Floody's on uh, Instagram. Speaking of Flood, how about uh, shout out to everyone, anyone that listens up in New Hampshire, uh, in the White Mountains that just got all that rain. Like, hope you're safe. Uh, let's see where is Kurt Flood challenging in the reverse clause? Despite his outstanding playing career, Flood's principal legacy developed off the field. This is from his Wikipedia, by the way. He believed that Major League Baseball's decade. Decades-old reverse clause was unfair in that it kept players beholden for life to the team with they originally signed, even when they had satisfied the terms and conditions of those contracts. On October 7, 1969, the Cardinals traded Flood, Tim Garver, Brian Brown, and Joe Harner. Oh, that's a bag of people. To the Philadelphia Phillies for Dick Allen, Cookie Rojas, that's a name, and Jerry Johnson. Flood refused to report to the moribund moribund what the heck is that word philly's citing the team's poor record and dilapidated connie Mack stadium and for what he alleged were belligerent and racist fans i feel like that's pretty fair to be like yo i don't want to get traded <laughs> should be like hey like this is the oakland coliseum of alabama so i'm gonna go ahead and peace out
4: <laughs> yeah hey good for big flood
2: hey shout out big flood but in some other trades that we hope are a little bit more fair and we're hoping that are a little bit more desirable to our uh friends we're gonna kick it back to some OG stuff that we used to do with rob we're gonna have our first like I I think our first round table who says no of the off season just because we're so sick and tired of Yamamoto just signs like all this God. inactivity yeah um so who wants who wants to kick it off who's got the first trade uh proposal?
4: I, I'll go first because mine's kind of a repeat of, uh, okay. so I, we'll, we'll, save the, the new fresh ones if that's all right with you. Fine gentlemen. Um, so I don't know if you guys know this, but, and this might be a hot take. The Red Sox need pitching. <laughs> Did you know that?
2: That's pretty fair. Um, two, would you say two pitchers? Yeah. Let's start with one first.
0: <laughs> yeah, we just need the one. Yeah, coop, you're getting greedy there.
2: I've been told full throttle, okay, buddy. But oh man, you know uh,
0: listen, that that never happened.
4: Before we start, before we start, the full throttle thing is gonna be so funny in hindsight. Like when we look back in a year from now and be like, "Remember full throttle?" Like, oh, oh we're gonna talk about it
2: over under teams into it. the season before we see the the Fenway brothers down on the Kenmore corner uh, slinging full throttle T-shirts.
4: <laughs> I love those guys. <laughs> Le- LeBron has crabs T-shirt. Oh
2: my gosh, they made <laughs> a kill! I actually, funny enough, I got into a full conversation one day about their whole Fenway T-shirts. They said they made like six figures off of it, which is insane, dude. Good um, for them. Yeah, for them. Dude, just awesome. just hustling. But go ahead, let's hear this trade.
4: All right, yeah, grassroots. Shout out to them. <clears throat> All right, here's my trade, uh inspired by Pat, who talked about it on our last episode, uh, and it involves. Jesus Lazardo. So here's the framework. Red Sox receive Jesus Lazardo. The Miami Marlins receive, buckle up, Roman Anthony and Tanner Houck. So why does this make sense? The concept is actually pretty simple. So first, Miami has a surplus in a big way of starting pitching in both the majors and the minors. So it's fair to assume that they would be willing to deal from a strength. Uh, And breaking news, like I said, the Red Sox desperately need starting pitching. Uh, So there have been rumors that Miami wants either a shortstop or a left-handed hitting outfielder. So hypothetically, you could swap in Marcelo Meyer for Roman Anthony in this deal. But for the sake of simplicity, um, I will stick with the latter and go with Anthony. Um, So in this deal, the Red Sox get a team-controlled, cost-controlled starting pitcher with legitimate ace potential. Lazardo's 26 years old. In 2023, he struck out 208 batters in 179.2 innings, 3.58 ERA with a matching FIP of 3.55, close enough, uh, and a 125 ERA plus as well. Here's why he's going to be expensive. Uh, Along with those numbers, uh, his contract for the next three years, uh, he's under team contract for the next three years, excuse me, ARB2 eligible in 2024, where he's projected to make only 5.9 million, and he's a free agent in 2027. Those three years that he's under contract are his age is 26, 27, 28. Uh, And so that's probably going to be his prime. And this is the point where I want to remind people, you're not paying for what Lazardo has done. You're paying for what you think he's going to do. And everything points to him continuing to improve like he's done over the past few seasons. Um, So, Obviously a risk. It's always going to be a risk when you're moving a prospect at the caliber of Roman Anthony, along with Tanner Houck, who's becoming a nice pitcher, be it a starter or a reliever. Um, but this is the kind of risk I think the Red Sox need to be okay with. Um, Anthony is that left-handed bat that Miami wants, close-ish to Major League Ready, uh, close enough to make it interesting. And then Houck immediately replaces Lazardo in Miami. So that's the trade. What do you guys think?
0: I feel like that's kind of the perfect level of trade where it makes you sweat a little bit on both sides. Like I, just purely speaking from the Red Sox perspective, my answer to this would be like, let's let's scour the market and check in on every single controllable starter to see if there's a way to get a guy like a a ace caliber guy or a guy who you think could be ace caliber without giving up one of your big three. But if you can't do that, you need to get that kind of guy this offseason. So you got to do what it takes. And you know what? It's not a price. It's more of a reward for being so good in the player development area in the lower minors. Like this, like Rome, think about a year ago. If we, if, if one of us said that you could get like an ace caliber pitcher for Roman Anthony, like we would have all, like Roman Anthony a year ago at this time, like we would have, we would have done jumping jacks over that. Like, so yeah, I, I, It's something I would be uncomfortable doing, but we've established that you have to get there to do it. So if all else fails, you got to do it. And from the Marlins perspective, if you can get a prospect as good as Roman Anthony, who's a borderline top 10 prospect in baseball for an area where organizationally, maybe not this year, but in general, you do have a surplus at starting pitcher, I think you have to do it. So I, I like the trade. I like the trade.
3: Yeah, I like it too. Especially considering early in the off season, Breslow made it very, said it very blatantly, we will have to get uncomfortable. Any trade where you have to include Marcelo, Teal, or Roman off the bat will make fans, and I would assume the front office as well, uncomfortable. In the terms of a Jesus Lazardo or anyone else that's really controllable, it's worth it like if there's a guarantee that the pitcher you're getting back will be a substantial upgrade, a B a meaningful piece of the team moving forward for at least the next couple of years and C desperately fills a hole that you have had for years. That is a circumstance where you make a trade like this. And I think value wise, I think it matches up pretty well. Miami has really, aside from if you, I, if you want to count them, which I really wouldn't, um. like aside from jazz Chisholm, they've really struggled to develop solid above average position players for a while now, getting someone who's already pretty well developed in Roman should be a no brainer for them considering the absolute pipeline of talent they have in Miami for that rotation. Yeah. I think it makes sense for both sides.
4: And, and Pat, you, you had a, a trade for Lizardo on our last episode, and I think your idea might work too. And some people might prefer your idea, which was centered around Duran and some prospects, if I remember correctly. But I want to focus on Duran. The reason I have selected Roman Anthony instead of a major league package is because I want the Red Sox to compete next year. And if you're trading Duran, which like that's your leadoff hitter right now, and he's also your center fielder, so that's just it creates another hole. And so while it might work in the trade that you proposed might even be better in the long run than what I'm proposing now. For me personally, I'd rather I'm just sick of I'm sick of bridge years. I'm sick of you know we got to be understanding of why they're punting on this year. Uh, I'm no longer understanding. So, uh that's that's also part of why I put this one together in the uh context that I did.
0: Right on, dude. Right on. It's I I still personally would rather watch them trade Duran than Anthony, but you're right on in your reasoning. Like, uh, it's, we, all of us were understanding for years about the position the team was in, but it, now they're in a different stage. This is a different stage of the rebuild. It's the end. It's the time where you start trying to put your best foot forward in terms of the major league team, not necessarily just putting the organization as a whole first. So I like the mindset. I hope, I hope we see them change the mindset and we, we obviously have no idea. If that mindset has changed yet but i hope we see it
2: i like that i i have i'll be honest my my who says no also involves the marlin so i'm gonna bite my tongue on this until my turn comes up but they have some they have a farm system of pitchers that i truly truly like and i as much as i love Lazardo, i would kind of like to dig into what they have a little bit down the road and not really too far off uh mm-hmm. down the road either is going to be my pick for who they want to grab. But um I'm I'm a fan. Like I I don't mind moving on. It, I think at the beginning of the offseason, I was a little bit more sheepish on moving on from guys like Roman Anthony, but knowing that the Red Sox front office isn't really you know clinging to them the way that Heim Bloom was in it. The way that I saw Heim Bloom cling on to them made me think that they were truly the future of this team. Um, do, do I regret thinking that way? No, because I was buying into that whole process and I think they are legitimate pieces that can help the team in the future. And Sean McAdam told us the two things that a, a prospect can do for your team in the best ability is either a provide talent immediately for your team or provide talent in the means of a trade for your team. And and the fact that they can do either of that, I'm happy about it. I, that's all I want right now. We're looking at the positive. And if Roman Anthony can do that for us, I'm all on board. So, Sammy, seal of approval, I'm with you. Thank you. Thank you. I, before we move
4: on, because Coop, you said you have Marlins in your trade too. What do you guys think? Would you be surprised, maybe not next year, but in the next two years, two, three years, if Lazardo emerged as like a top 15, 10, 15 pitcher? in baseball, because I wouldn't not at all. No, his
3: stuff. Not at all. Yeah. His his he's just like he's ridiculous. He's a strikeout stuff. Enough, he's young enough too to like continue to develop what's already pretty gross. Yeah, you know what else is cool? And about he his? like has that.
4: He's a uh, he's Peruvian. I feel like you don't see that very often. No, no. Yeah? no kidding. Yeah, he's from Peru. I was looking him up today. I'm like Peru. That's awesome. So we get some diverse. We'd have a guy from Peru. Uh, and then we could get the whole Peruvian market. So forget Yamamoto in Japan. We got Peru. There we go.
2: Okay. Peruvian stuff. I, I, I dig that. I dig that. Is there a watch? You... Um, do you guys want to hear my trade? Let's do it. Hell yeah. All right. We're sticking with the Marlins. We're going to try and rob them because they did our <laughs> they did our friend Kim really dirty. We're
0: gonna
2: try and uh, them. <laughs> so I'm going to package up sedan Rafaela, outfielder. Oh, I just I just saw that. Look, I knew I'd get that out of you, Sam. Boy, we're going to package up Sedan and Rafaela, and then we're going to do something else here. We're going to get a little wonky with the who says no. We're going to sign Adam Duvall. And we're going to immediately trade him. <laughs> what? what? that's right. We're going to be sending Sedan Rafaela and Adam Duvall. <laughs> do you want one more name? Do you want one more name? Keep it coming. Are they signing and trading Yamamoto, too? Miguel Blaze. Oh. oh. We got three outfielders. One that's pseudo infield outfielder. And we're going to send them to the Marlins. Do you know one name that is going to be needed to be replaced?
3: Well, first off, can I guess who this is for?
2: Yes, you may, because I know you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, you're trading for Jazz. I am trading for Jazz, Chiz. Oh,
4: dude, he's so cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll pretty much <laughs>
2: for Jazz. He's... So but there's going to be a bigger name in this that I think is even more important. And that's Max Meyer. Um, He just came off of a Tommy John surgery in uh, 2023, I believe. Um, So not too much information on him from this past year. But his first two years, 2021, 2022, it was decent stuff. And he gets a lot, a lot of love and praise for his uh, his slider. And it has great movement. It sits mid nineties, which is awesome. And right-handed pitcher. I, I mean, it'd be nice to to add him into that that rotation. And i I think he could be something fun to watch, especially if we're going to be passing up on Yamamoto. And yes, I did say his name again, even though we said that we're not going to be talking about him. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty confident with the bats. The way that Alex Gore talks about the fact that there is talent with the bats, and it's all young. And especially with, I'm hoping, Jaron Duran, what he just showed us is something that he can continue to build off of for your outfielding uh, bats. I want to keep that. I want to work towards what's going on with that with that lineup. I'm not too confident on sacrificing guys like Blaze and Rafaela, but like I just said, like I'm okay moving on from people now. And I, I do still want to see Roman Anthony play with the Red Sox one day. So I'm not going to dish him right away. I do want to see Kyle Teal up with the Red Sox now. I think he is now the the one untouchable. So I think that Blaze and Raphael are like the most extendable guys in the system right now.
4: So what's the trade? G- give me go go through the trade one more time. So, so hear it back.
2: Adam Duvall, we sign him and we're trading him as like a nice little caveat so the Marlins can have something immediately. And then we're also giving them Rafaela and Blaze because those are guys that aren't going to be up right away. They can have Rafaela. Uh, this upcoming year, but who knows if he is going to be MLB ready. So Duvall is kind of the reasoning of you at least have something for them that they can use right away. And then we're getting Meyer and Lazardo. I didn't include Lazardo in that le- or sorry, not Lazardo, Chisholm. We're getting I mean so we're getting a we're getting a pitcher who should be 2024 ready. If not, he's going to be 2025 the entire year and he'll be there for you. And then you're also getting a second base outfielder, which the Red Sox do need right now. I mean, Jazz Chisholm showed that he can play outfield last year. He didn't. He only played 90 games. You'd want to see a whole lot more out of him. But the way that the Red Sox are gearing things up with that lineup, you're wanting someone you, is interchangeable, especially with the second base and the outfield slot. So that's why I, I I have him pinned. I feel like I feel like that would be a trade for like just
4: Jazz Chisholm, maybe. Because he's under contract for the next... He's got a really good
2: contract. He's first-year arbitration coming up.
4: Yeah, he is Arb one. Yeah, he's got three years of Arb and then 2027 20, free agent. Kind of similar to Lizardo, uh one, one less Arb. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think they would probably push back on including Max Meyer because that's a good pitching prospect. I did get him confused with Noble Meyer, who's also a pitching prospect for the Marlins, who's higher... Ranking. That's a hell of a name. Yeah, Noble Meyer. But yeah, I mean... I would do, what is it? Rafaela. I don't know about the Duvall thing. You might have to switch Duvall with someone, but like Rafaela an outfielder. Um, And then your last piece was um, blaze, Miguel blaze. I would do I would do that for jazz Chisholm. I don't know what Miami thinks of blaze because he has a, he's one of those prospects with a crazy high ceiling, but also a very low floor. Like he could never play in the majors. And I don't think anyone would be like, what can you believe it? Like, 19-year-old kid, already missed the full season with an injury. Um, who really knows with him? So uh, I like the framework. You might have to switch a few of the names around, but like
2: Jazz Chisel. I was debating Blaze and uh, Anthony. That's the only thing that had me like kind of held up.
0: I don't know. Yeah, sure. would, would it be Anthony or Meyer? Like that's a, Would I, it be Meyer for Meyer? You're probably Meyer. I just think that to get Jazz, you'd probably need to include one of those big three. And I, I think you would switch it not that guy and blaze i think you could do that guy and Rafaela, and i agree with sam you'd probably have to take Myra because they they love jazz like they they made that pretty clear last off season when it like it would have been so easy to sell jazz for a boatload last year and they're like no we got to keep this guy in the organization we're going to teach him center like- field Like I want
2: him because he is a two hundred and fifty outfielder
0: infielder. Like, but you're also just the
2: two hundred and fifty hitter. Yeah, you're Alex Verdugo. It's you're not the cornerstone of a franchise, even though it is the Marlins. Yeah, he's not.
4: He's not that good.
2: Like he's good, but he's he's not. He's fun. That's why I want him. I just want fun baseball. Good vibe.
4: But the most fun thing is to win. And I feel like in Boston, if you're not winning, but you're trying to do the vibes thing, like like Cas when he got called up. That's so true. It's like. It, it's a, it turns into a negative. I'm Not to say, I'm not trying to poo-poo Jazz. Ooh. He's one of my favorite non-Red Sox Think <laughs> Of that mate. clubhouse, though. Yeah, dude, him and Casas would be like must- <laughs> Entertainment. Yeah, man, I, I I mean, if Jazz was the second baseman for the Red Sox on opening day, that would be so sick. Or, or center field. That's kind of crazy that he also just was like, yeah, I'll learn center field, the toughest outfield.
2: Yeah. Wasn't he good? Okay. Yeah. Wasn't he good Took at it in two? A, a giant so, bet? I mean, again, good for Jazz Chisholm, but I mean, for... Being a 250 hitter and playing solid. I mean, it wasn't solid defense. I believe he had like one of the lowest defensive wars or had like one of the, like the worst, like outfielders assist, uh, in the NL last year.
4: I'm looking, but, right uh, Wait, you know what I'm realizing is that I don't really know enough about jazz Chisholm. I just think he's so cool. Like I, I never look at the guy's numbers. I'm just like, this guy's vibe.
2: He's got it for, for having a 250 average. He has a very decent OPS. Like in 2022, I believe he batted over or not batted but he hadn't over an 800 ops and that's yeah. also when he had his all-star uh nod yeah dude actually he played really good defense i'm looking now what a what a freak
4: <laughs> he's just like yeah i'll move to the outfield and be a plus center fielder but yeah man I, like so I, he was
2: did he end the season plus
4: yeah i'm look i mean on savant at least they give him like 87th percentile with like plus four OAA, I'll take it. so pretty
3: good it's like Tatis. Tatis went from a dog shit shortstop into the best metrically defensive outfielder in baseball this past year. Yeah, literally was the best outfielder, or right fielder at least. He was like 22 defensive runs or something crazy. Didn't he win the Didn't he win the platinum glove? Didn't he win like, he might the best have. defender? I know he lead. won the gold glove. He, I think he was a finalist with platinum glove. You mean the
4: award that our new third string catcher, Roberto Perez, has already won? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Whatever, dude. We already got four gold gloves added to the Sox this year. And people are complaining about the offseason. <laughs> Read a book. But anyway, yeah, Coop, I like it. it it's, Thank you. it's crazy. I don't know if the Duval part would work, but the framework other than that, yeah, let's do it. Jazz.
0: I just no, you to know get what crazy with a, like a sign and trade. You know what you could do, Coop, is you could just flip Tyler O'Neill and then re-sign Duvall. No, no, I feel no. Like no. We, you... we want our big buff boys. We like our big buff boys. Okay, you want the buff outfield. It's just I feel like the teams don't, sign and trade guys immediately like that because then it kind of probably gives you a poor rep yeah. for like I don't think you reasons.
3: can sign and trade the MLB I think you can I, I know probably. I know in the NBA Why? you can't I don't think there's anything well that the thing with other leagues thing. though is sign and trades are done to help with salary cap stuff yeah MLB there's really no need for a sign and trade because so you no don't cap. see it right
2: that's kind of like the point behind like Really, like if they wanted to, like you're right. Like in theory, like trading, they could just Tyler, sign Duval. O'Neal would, trading Tyler O'Neal, trading Tyler would make the most sense instead of like signing Duvall. They would just yeah. probably trade. Like I, I just wanted to see like something <laughs> in front of me and have something fun in front of me. That's why I went for Jazz Chisholm, and that's why I also understand that the Marlins are going to be looking for something in return where they have serviceable guys in
0: that package. It's, it was that was a wild one. I had fun. Hey, thank you. That was wild. I like it. Coop coop comes up with some interesting trades. I feel like I feel like it's easy to like go in certain directions. And Coop, I remember you had like a really interesting Chris Sale one. I think it was early in the offseason. I think it was on baseballs and yeah. boring. Yeah. But yeah, you had a you had an interesting sale one. I was like, oh, that really I think I, trade, I, I
2: traded Hits. Chris Sale to I cra- it was Chris Sale and Alex Verdugo to the Yankees for Glaber <laughs> and <laughs> Was it Dick Fitz? Uh, I think it was Dick Fitz. It was Dick Fitz.
4: <laughs> I think yes. it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> we so almost it, we nailed that Fitz, trade. We had a Dick Fitz trade on here because I remember when that Verdugo trade happened. I texted our group and was like, hey, who? someone predicted this. This is good. It definitely wasn't. See, how enough.
2: outlandish my trades are. I'm like, yeah, it'll, it'll never happen. So I, like, I stopped thinking about it as soon as I say it.
4: Oh, and look at this. I
2: just got an email.
4: Last chance for 25% off your Red Sox ticket purchase.
2: Read the freaking room. You know that you can um you can check off that you don't want trade or emails from them, right? No, I want to get angry. I want to keep getting the
0: emails and getting angrier. Oh, I unsubscribe every every time. That was like it was like me uh, during the lockout when I had my MLB TV subscription, mm-hmm. I was I was like, yeah, just keep sending me those emails. <laughs> just anger me. Oh. Right, who's up? Gordo or oh. Pat? I'll go. I'll go. So I have the Sox trading with the Padres, and there's one there's one narrative that I just can't stand, which is that the Red Sox don't line up with the Padres because they don't have pitching prospects. People forget that the Padres need pitching depth right now. They have three starting pitchers right now, so they have to add a couple of guys. So we know that they need that, and we know that they want to shed salary, and they need to shed salary. And what do the Red Sox need? The Red Sox need pitching, and they need a second baseman. Oh, and I'm going to accomplish. It. I've never put together a Ha Sung Kim trade before. I've wow. never done it. Yes, and he's part of this one. He's not the full. He's not the full package here. Ooh. All right. So coming to the Red Sox, Ha Sung Kim, who's on his one year expiring deal, he makes seven million, and Joe Musgrove, he's got four years, eighty million left on his deal. Going back to the Padres. You got two pitchers, two starting pitchers, Tanner Howick and Nick Pavetta. So in this trade, we're going to talk Red Sox first. Red Sox need frontline pitching, and they can afford to take on salary to do it. Musgrove making $20 million a year clean for the next four years, age 31 through 34. And then obviously they need a second baseman, ideally a strong defender, and ha Kim is that. So the Sox can afford, contrary to public belief, they've signed some solid right-handed arms. Like Cooper Criswell is a guy who's going to get stretched out. Like we have a lot of swing men on the Red Sox right now. And they can afford to part with guys like Hauk and Pavetta if it gets you your frontline guy, if it gets you your second baseman. Like there's another like just off the off the whatever, like Nick Pavetta for Jorge Polanco is a trade that could work for the Red Sox. Like there's they can afford to sacrifice these back of the rotation slash potentially going to the bullpen kind of guys to get you a second baseman. Or to get you frontline starting pitching, so in this trade, the Red Sox would acquire, or would they would take on around twenty million dollars because Kim and Pivetta kind of wash Hawk's making the minimum, and you basically just take on Musgrove, and you're okay with Kim being a rental because you're gonna hope that Marcelo Myers coming up in a year. So we'll go to the Padres side. They continue to shed salary, which they've been doing all offseason. Like you saw them trade Juan Soto, you just saw them trade Matt Carpenter. They turn down options on guys like Nick Martinez and Michael Waka. Like, it's pretty clear what they're doing here. They're trying to shed salary. So they do that here, $20 million bucks. while also jumping from three starters in their rotation to four starters in their rotation. And one of them is Tanner Houck, a controllable guy. So, yes, you lose Musgrove, but that's $20 million off the books every year for the next four years. You get a guy who's got control then you you obviously lose Ha-sung Kim too but they've got Jackson Merrill coming up. He's really knocking down the door to take an infield spot. Like they're going to have to figure that out. Like I think a Ha-sung Kim trade makes a lot of sense for them especially if they're not necessarily putting their best foot forward this year and if they want to duck the tax, like that trade makes a ton of sense. So the interesting thing about this trade is I feel like on the surface it sounds like such a steal for the Sox and like you guys are either going to have to tell me that I am like stupid in the head and that this isn't a steal for the Red Sox, or this is going to be an indictment on the baseball trade values machine. Because when you put it in that, it says the Red Sox acquire 9.3 surplus value and the Padres acquire 31.10. And it's because they have Joe Musgrove as a negative asset, which I don't think is necessarily true. But even though I don't think the trade is that far apart, I do think it's a trade that benefits both sides Like if, if it is just an indictment on the trade value thing, I would be okay if, if the Red Sox added more into this deal, not necessarily like your top three prospects or anything, but like mid-level guys to, to facilitate, facilitate a trade that gets you not necessarily an ace, but like a front of the rotation guy without dealing from your top prospects and without investing a hundred million plus dollars. Like I think. I, I get why the Padres would be reluctant to trade Musgrove because they need to add pitching, not necessarily subtract it. But that's why you got to get creative and give them multiple pitchers back, which the Red Sox can afford to do because they have a ton of like swingman type right-handed pitchers. I, I think it works. I'm curious. What do you guys got?
4: Who's who's going to the Padres?
0: So we've got Tanner Houck and Nick Pavetta going to the Padres. Mm. Joe Musgrove and Hassan Kim coming back.
4: Yeah, I think, I mean... Well, a few things. I don't think the Padres would pure salary dump Musgrove. I feel like you do have to give like a premier prospect to get a guy like that because they do want to contend. um I know I know they want to cut costs, but they do want to contend still. so I feel like you would have to you'd have to put like I, I do think you'd probably have to have like Meyer Anthony in there
0: because you're getting five years right or four years of Musgrove. Four, but he's making 20 million a year. It's not yeah. like you're getting four like low cost years. Hmm. Yeah, but that's a pretty
4: good deal for Musgrove, I think. 20 million, especially it's going to keep looking better, assuming he doesn't fall off a cliff. So I don't know. I have a hard time seeing the Padres biting on this. Also, they lose Kim. Um, I understand why you're saying it. I just don't know if they do it. Also, Musgrove has a no trade clause. So it's all that doesn't really affect the trade, but it's just contingent on him accepting it. But um, yeah, I think they, I think they'd rather hold on to him and get like a top prospect for him if they are going to trade him. Um, like I, I did a trade, I did the same trade, um, Musgrove and Kim to the Red Sox. And I had like Anthony and then a few like smaller, uh, prospects going over. And even that some people were saying like, not enough, not enough, but it really, it, it really, how badly do the Padres really want to get rid of this salary? Do they really, really want to be? Uh, shedding salary like that to the point where they're kind of giving away the player? If so, great, let's do it. Have Pavetta, we'll miss you. But uh, that's what the Red Sox need. So, dude, I mean, Hasung Kim, separately, maybe the most underrated player on the planet. Like, I don't think people realize how good this guy is. I had somebody telling me that Alex Verdugo was just as good. Insane, like completely insane. Hasung Kim is like... I don't, I don't even know. Maybe the most underrated player in the entire league right now. So, so good. So uh, any trade where he's coming to the Red Sox, I'm probably going to be for, all for it.
0: I think it uh, kind of comes down to your what you value Musgrove as. Because, like, yes, he's like a front-line starter. But not to mention he had some, I think it was his arm. He had some injury issues last year. But the $20 million bucks, I think is what, pumps his value down and that's why the that's why that trade machine has him as a negative asset like there's a reason that like juan soto didn't bring back a huge prospect return and it's because he was making 30 mil like if juan soto was making like five mil next year then you're talking big prospect return because these guys who are overplaying their contract crush the return on the trade market and i think musgrove is worth more than 20 million bucks just based off of like Seth Lugo got $15 a year. So what does that mean Musgrove's worth? Yeah. But I don't think it's to the point where you necessarily... Like, Musgrove is the type of guy where if you can give them multiple pitchers back, there is a way to get him, if they're willing to. There should be a way to get him without necessarily needing to include your top guys. Maybe... maybe It's just a matter of, like...
4: Like, take out Kim, maybe. If you take Kim out of the deal, then the Padres don't have to also forfeit their, like, starting uh, second baseman. That might make it a little bit more appealing to them. So it's just Musgrove, which is still an awesome return. And then you're giving them kind of like quantity over quality, which in this scenario might work because they're on record saying they want to shed salary. I know that we on this podcast uh, and Rob as well have said that teams don't want uh, quantity over quality. But this might be an outlier scenario because like you said, these guys want to get money off the books and they're willing to like really go far to do that. So... Maybe, maybe, yeah, I, I think you're close-ish. Maybe a few tweaks and um, yeah, man. But damn, I wish we could get Kim it's
3: so good. I did kind of tweak it around a little bit because I think you're both right. I think for Sammy, I don't think the return going to San Diego because in the grand scheme of things, Musgrove is on a very good contract. On the flip side, I do agree with Gordo that I think this is doable without giving up one of the big 3. So I kind of reworked it in live time. <laughs> so going to San Diego is Hauk and Cutter. Cutter coming back is Musgrove Kim and we take on the Cronenworth contract.
4: Oh, there you go. Yeah. Ooh. So so you take I'm out
3: on Cronenworth. Take on it. Yeah. Asset? You you had me you had me thinking about it
0: because That's a ton of money. Dealing Howcan Cutter to me is hard because they're both they're both cost controlled for a number of years. Like you got four years left on Houken, five on Cutter. Like if you get both those guys, like you've got not necessarily your ace, but you've got like your number two kind of sub in for Montgomery. You don't need to sign that guy anymore. But the Cronenworth, what is
3: that contract? He's got like seven years left, doesn't he? Uh, He signed seven for eighty million. He signed through twenty thirty.
4: That's not that bad money wise.
3: That's not that much money. Yeah. And the other It'll thing, too, to like, him. although he's not nearly as good as they kind of thought he was going to be, he is extremely versatile in the field. Yeah. Like, he would actually be, even if he has a below average bat, a very platoonable player, either at DH or get rough or Casas off their feet. Yeah. It's not, it's not literally, great. obviously, it's an overpay. Yeah. But I mean, he still had a 92 OPS plus last year. Like, he wasn't average. This wasn't like a complete awful baseball player he's overpaid for sure but i think if you take that on without having to give up one of the big three i i kind of think it's worth it yeah he's also the a issue is, i think 30. if you're
0: taking that on if you're Go taking ahead. it on it's hard to take that on and Musgrove. like if we were getting like a cost controlled pitcher like there's a difference between Musgrove being under control for four years and like Logan Gilbert being under control for, I think, also four years. Because Gilbert's making like nothing and Musgrove's making 20. So if you're taking on that 20 million a year plus Cronenworth, I think for Cronenworth, I think the only way you could get me to take that deal is if you gave me Jackson Merrill. Because he was really, really? he was bad, dude. He had had his OPS in the 600s. Like, he's got a long time left on that deal. If he's already in the 600 OPS-wise, like, Yo, that's, I know, be, I that's a bad contract.
4: It's not a, a completely fair way to look at it, but like if the if Joe Musgrove was a free agent and they signed him for four years, making only twenty million a year,
3: I feel like we'd all be hyped as hell. Like that would be amazing. No, so I don't he, on the open market right now, he's getting close to like twenty five. Yeah, like I don't view it as like a,
4: a as a negative. I know the Padres do. I don't they're, either. They're cutting costs, but it, to me, it's not. I don't look at it as you're taking on Musgrove and you're taking on Cronenworth. I view it as you're getting Musgrove. You're paying him like a little bit below market value for the next four years, which is nice. You now don't have to go out and sign another pitcher. The negative part is that you have to take on Cronenworth's contract, which isn't great, but it's not like you have Stanton on your books. It's not like you have another for yeah. sale contract. So I don't know. There's ways you could work. It's an interesting trade, Gordo. You can tweak it in a bunch of different ways. Uh, like I've said, Hassan Kim is my guy think he's great. Um, But, Pat, you mentioned adding Cutter into the deal. And I want to ask you guys a question. How much better is Joe Musgrove than Cutter Crawford? And I'll acknowledge he's definitely better. I don't think that's even debatable. But how much better
0: is he? Not as much as you'd think. Yeah. Not as much as you'd think. think Cutter
4: Cutter is getting the love he deserves, finally, in retrospect, for some reason. I don't know if somebody put that out there. But he had a 3.83 FIP. Man, that's a good... He's a good pitcher. People are like, Oh, you put him as your swing man on this Red Sox team. I think that's crazy. You got to put that guy in the I rotation after last year. And he's so steady too. So, um, yeah, it's a good trade. That was a, that was a great, uh, podcast discussion trade world.
2: I'll give you my favorite stat. Great, uh, great posit on that. I, I kind of agree with Gordo though. Like I do agree. Like the Cronesworth contract scares me just because it's backloaded. And then, and, Sammy, you do make a point where it's like you're paying for the value that, you know, what you're making up with. And, and I just don't know if, like, going up to $12 million for Cronesworth. And there's always potential that he rebounds and whatnot. But pat him out on the Cronesworth thing. I'm, I'm
3: sorry. I'm just saying that, that to me, is the only way that trade works without giving up one of Mayor Teal or Anthony.
4: Yeah, that might be a good... Pat's trade, I think Gordo's trade is better for 2024. Pat's trade is better long-term.
2: For longevity.
4: What do you you want? Which one do you prefer? Because then you get all those guys and you pair them with Anthony Meyer, Teal, etc., etc. So that's an interesting one.
0: Last note on Cutter. Ranked uh, amongst starting pitchers who had at least 80 innings last year. Cutter Crawford, 18th in in-zone swing and miss. Last wow! Year. So wow. he's very good. He so very he's not good. gonna
4: get traded. Brezel is not gonna trade that asset.
0: I don't. I don't think so. Almost I not. think the Which only cool. way. You, like I'm very Cutter okay. Go, it's like, like a, if the Mariners guys go. If it's like if it's like the Mariners guys and you need to give like Meyer and Cutter and like another guy, maybe they would do it. But like I, I think you're right, Sammy. I think they would. They're gonna hold on to him a little bit tighter.
4: Yeah, it's not gonna be, be like think.
0: like for like Bryce Miller, who's better but right now.
4: Not doesn't blow him away. It would be like in a Gilbert or a George Kirby, uh, kind of trade. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to see cutter getting some love. He deserves it. He's a, he's a good boy.
3: I have the red Sox acquiring a controlled frontline starter for two years. He is a functional ace. He's a very good number two. He's the exact kind of guy that you want on the team for at his cost. So you can still make a play for an ace when there's thousands of them on the market next year. (laughs) My trade is the Red Sox acquire Framber Valdez from the Houston Astros in return for Roman Anthony, Nick Pavetta, and Zach Kelly. My thought process here is the Red Sox have a plethora of right-handed bullpen arms that are like legit major league level every other team no team is going to turn down a major league usable bullpen arm so zach Kelly is like a, a throw-in that will be used in houston that may not even make the roster in boston nick pavetta is cost controlled i think for another two years he is exactly what the red sox is he it was for the red sox in houston if they want to plug him in at the five because he was on fire to end the year last year they can do that. If they see more value in him as a multi-inning reliever, they can do that. Those two players plug holes that keep them competitive while also they are ranked 29th in farm system rankings. Yeah, They get a consensus top 30 prospect in Roman Anthony. For two years of Framber, who they've made it pretty clear they have no intention of extending. On the flip side, the Red Sox get... A, like I said, two years of a controlled starter who can be your ace this year and is very good moving forward next year. If you want to extend him, go for it. His metrics are good, his career numbers are good, he's reliable. The other thing that I really like about Framber is he's not a soft tossing lefty, which seems to be the only thing that's on the open market right now with Imanaga and Montgomery. He can pump it. He has very good off-speed stuff. His off-speed and fastball run rank well above average. And for the Red Sox, it's one of those moves that you have to get uncomfortable to do. But again, it's a move where you get a cost-controlled starter beyond one year that you have the opportunity to extend before next year if you choose to.
4: Yeah, that's... I will actually hold on. Terrible trade because you're trading a friend of the program. I know it hurt yeah. writing that down. It hurt writing yeah. Yeah. end of the program. So no, but but the uh, the framework for it, um, Framber, for two years for Roman Anthony Pavetta, and a right-handed reliever doesn't have to be our friend Zach. But um, yeah, dude, I love it. I think Framber is like Brian Bayo left-handed kind of style of pitching. They're both. Uh, fastball changeup I believe kind of guys get a lot of ground balls Uh if they made that trade I would hope and Gordo I'm sorry I would hope that they wouldn't go for Polanco at second base or Jonathan India my guy I would hope that they go for a vacuum who plays good defense because if you got Bay, well- oh yeah sure whatever you say Um but if you got those two guys in your rotation you're going to be a ground ball factory at Fenway Park which is beautiful considering uh, balls love to fly out of Fenway so yeah, man. Framber would be perfect. You don't even need, and I'm of the belief you don't need an ace to necessarily win the World Series. The Rangers just did it with Evaldi and Montgomery. I don't think anyone would refer to either of those guys as an ace. And if you do, you're nuts. Um, Evaldi pitched like one, but you really just need guys to perform when it counts. Framber's proven yeah. he can do that. Uh, like I said, ground ball machine. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm all about this one. It sucks to trade Anthony, but I mean, h- h- what more would you ask for? And you could extend Framber too. It's not like he's shown any sign of slowing down. Uh, plus, what a name, Framber? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pat, did you say they have the 29th ranked system right now, the Astros? Yeah. Okay.
3: See, because that, that traded- is why they traded their only top 100 guy. For Justin Verlander to the Mets. Drew Gilbert. Right.
0: Right. And this is this is why Ken Rosenthal, I think, keeps dropping Framber's name. And I think you should read into when Ken Rosenthal does that. And he he said, like, yeah, I haven't heard that they're definitely willing to listen, but everyone's wondering like if they might. I think there's a reason he's doing that. And I think it's the 29th rank system exactly. Like you're seeing we see it every freaking year where these teams wait until guys are expiring to trade them. And they get pennies on the, like, look at the, I just keep referencing the Soto return. It's just, if you dealt that guy at the deadline last year or in the off season, that's, he's getting a haul. When you deal these guys with multiple years of control, you're going to, you're going to get a haul for it. And so I think when you have the 29th ring system, it makes all the sense in the world to deal him. And then from the Sox perspective, he's like weirdly 30 now with two years to go until free agency. So he's going to be 32 So he weirdly feels like a guy who you could trade for and then extend at like a pretty damn good rate. Because like hitting the market as a 32-year-old free agent, you're not going to make the bank... Like teams are so scared of paying these guys into their 30s. Like you could probably extend him for around 100 mil. Like he's going to get less than Glasnow just got. So basically it's just a matter of it's like the same question you have to ask it with Sammy's trade. Would you deal a top three prospect to get a guy who... I would say today is like I would say he's an ace. He's like a borderline ace.
3: He's a functional Henry, ace. Yeah. Like he can be a functional yeah. ace. That's a, a good way to put disgusting it. Disgusting number two. Mm-hmm. He would yeah. come
2: into Boston yes. and be the number one automatically. I don't know if he yeah, would be happy number with that. one to being an ace, but
4: yeah, you don't. He's need He's full dude, throttle, dude. If 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 the Red Sox got Framber and Jordan Montgomery, nobody should be complaining about the rotation. You got to – you get dude. Look, Framber, uh, Montgomery, Bayo, Cutter. And then you mix and match with you know Sale or whoever's remaining after the trade. I think you said Pavetta going to Pavetta was gone. So oh, yeah. yeah, you got How- Sale. There? Yeah. yeah, and then maybe maybe you sign like a depth guy, like literally an innings eater guy, like Lyles or something, in case anyone gets hurt, just the safety net. So yeah, man, it's a full throttle like- rotation. Yeah, and I think it's that kind rotation that board. you just said. That's a full throttle rotation that you just said right there. Oh, throttle. You can't argue with that. I think also it's interesting, the uh, Major League Comp you hear for Roman Anthony, and I know these are far from perfect, but the Major League Comp you hear for Roman Anthony is often Kyle Tucker, Houston Astro. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't think that
3: matters at yeah. all,
4: but it's just interesting.
3: Postseason legend I think it's legend legend at this Kyle point, Tucker. too, I think it's, we can all kind of agree that there's way too many righties to go around bullpen in like back end the rotation wise i think one of them gets moved whether it be Hauk, i'll throw cutter in there but i don't think cutter gets moved oh
4: Hauk, that's that uh
3: but then you also have, like these lower tier guys like friend of the program zach kelly um mm-hmm. chris murphy <laughs> um you have like you have a bunch of guys in that bullpen who I don't even think you could fit them all between, like MLB and Triple A. Like, there's so much depth there now.
2: Yeah.
4: Oh, how uh, does the guy. That question.
3: That somehow.
2: <laughs> Whoops. Quick question. Would you? And this is me being biased to our good friend Zach Kelly. Would you put Richard Fitz in that instead? No. no. Do you think that makes it more appealing or no? Yes, I think that's giving up some uh, too, look, man. I mean, we I mean, have, that's that's the thing. Are you willing? Like because Framer of all like Framer provides immediate like success for you, whereas like Richard Fitz is like it's the whole gambling on the future type
3: thing. But the thing is, I think Houston has such a win now roster that it's not even worth it for them to take like a project piece like that when they can have a majorly ready bullpen piece yeah. instead of going out and signing somebody might
4: be worse for both. Honestly, like not not that it's like. Not that either of those guys are bad. I just feel like Fitz is more what the Red Sox need. And I think the Astros would rather a major league ready um, relief pitcher. I mean, you could, it's different ways you can go about it. I'm so biased. I'm like, don't trade Zach Kelly.
3: But oh, yeah,
4: not a good person to listen to on this topic. So
3: yeah, I, I would have thrown like Mauricio Yovera in there, but they absolutely gush over Mauricio Yovera, no, which it. is crazy. He's gone. Hell He's gone. yeah. He's gone. yeah Man. Gilvera. Vera. Uh
2: on that note,
3: do
2: you want to move into some nuff said? Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Let's uh I mean not a whole lot of news going on. No not a whole lot of things happening. Uh but the Red Sox did make a nice announcement uh moving into their Red Sox Hall of Fame and this was no surprise. It was kind of known that Dustin Madroya was going to be on this list when they did his retirement ceremony 2 years ago. Um, and it is Dust Madroya, our good friend, Jonathan Papabon, friend of the baseball isn't boring, uh, umbrella, and also Trot Nixon. Trot Nixon, Trot Nixon.
3: Yeah, Trot Nixon.
2: Yeah, I don't know why. I, for a second, I was thinking Bill Miller, but I was like, Bill Miller got inducted a, a while ago. Uh, but Trot Nixon, they'll all be. Yeah, spot that was my question. That's why I was like, why is someone from 2004? I feel like everyone in 2004. Uh, with the exception of someone that kind of got into a domestic abuse situation, um, or someone else that got into a little bit of a uh, dumping information that he shouldn't have been dumping. Um, but domestic abuse,
4: two thousand seven. You're good. What you're talking about? A shortstop with a issue with the.
2: Uh, no, there was a relief pitcher, I believe, uh, in two thousand four. Uh, Who ended up selling, I think this is like a big deep dive. I believe there was a pitcher that whether he was on the final roster or not, but he received a ring and uh, he ended up having to sell it off because he got into a lot of financial debt because he got into uh, some tricky Who is this? I think we can. I got to look this up now. Definitely not any of the names you guys just said. Uh, (laughs) Not what he thought, right? I was thinking Julio Lugo had a a little domestic
4: abuse. Yeah, Julio Lugo had one. Before he passed on. So that's what I was. Thinking. It's not Broncos Royal, right? No, I think it's, um, uh, it's nobody who is on like the actual team,
2: right? No, it's like no one that was like actual, uh, let me see where this is. Moral of this the is like story is
4: part. every great
2: team. Moral of the story, like treat people kindly. Yeah. Every great team is going to
4: have some bad apples, especially most Yankees teams. So,
2: <laughs> um, it's so there.
4: true though. Chat message. every year. <laughs> probably, this is saying yeah, a scout, but it's if I remember every year. They're probably going to trade for or sign Bauer. Can you imagine if that if the Red Sox oh, sign Bauer? I would just, I would probably pass on the.
2: See C- Brandon Puffer, I believe. Brandon, Brandon Puffer,
0: I don't know if I've ever heard that name what in my life. Is that he's a legitimate guy? Big All Puff,
3: right. Big Puff is a scumbag. Puff, 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 Puff right. Daddy i have incoming news and it's not good allegedly i'll say on that Oh God. just in case What's i have that news on pat front of the program chris Cotillo. oh no yoshinobu yamamoto's east coast trip did not include any visits other than the new york teams
4: oh yeah we i think we knew that i mean there was like a freaking yeah. monsoon in boston <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah they were saying died uh, flying uh, out of he, he said uh hard to read into that positively considering he also visited the San Francisco Giants and Dodgers.
2: Full throttle, baby. Socks are in this. Let's go. Rory. It's Rory. Rory, your bust, baby. Uh, on that note, we're gonna be thinking about better times. Uh, like I was saying, uh, Dustin Medroya, Trot Nixon, Jonathan Papabon all being inducted into the Red Sox Hall of Fame. Um, which that got me thinking. So Jonathan Papamon was on the Hall of Fame ballot uh 2 years ago now, last year. Last 2 years ago now. Cuz did he fall off this past year? Um
4: I, I he, was on, he was on he was on for 1 have...
2: year and fell off immediately. Um but Dustin Pedroia is going to be coming up for his Cooperstown ballot in a in 2 years. And I posed this question on Twitter, and I want to know you your your thoughts. Is Dustin Pedroia
0: a Cooperstown worthy candidate? No. I wish, man. I wish I these, know. these they just value longevity so much, and it like it sucks because like the reason he didn't last is because of Manny how Machado. much he cared, and how yeah, and Manny Machado. But like he like his body was gonna break down because of how he played the game, because he played the game in the best way possible. In a way that was best for the team but also like best for the fans to watch Wait, and it yeah. stinks because it, it definitely did cost him like a career into his late 30s because he had all the accolades he's like the mvp rookie of the year rookie of the year several can, World I, can Series.
4: I go over those quickly so real quick i mean i i, I don't i wouldn't say yes but you at least got to give pedroia a look when you got guys like harold baines in there so mvp four-time all-star four-time gold glover won a silver slugger won our favorite award the wilson overall defensive player of the year he was a rookie of the year and he has two rings uh and one of them of which he was a huge huge component to career ops 805 very good when you're playing that elite elite defense ops
2: up until his last year over 300 batting average for our old heads that care about that yep
4: yep 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 um you got to at least give him a look. Red Sox Hall of Famer, sure. I think nobody should ever wear 15 again on the Red Sox. Um, Retire it. But yeah, the full Hall of Fame, who cares? Who cares? He's going to be a Red Sox Hall of Famer. I care. Everyone it's knows. my town.
2: I want him in my town.
0: He's
4: in the Red Sox. Oh, Cooper's. <laughs> the- Cooper's town.
0: I you know, guess. you should be Come able on. to override the voters. If they get 50%, you should be able to bump the 50 over
3: the 75. <laughs> I have a counterpoint to Sammy. If so, like individual accolades, like sure, whatever. I don't read into gold gloves because Derek are is by it's- by defensive runs saved. Chase Utley is seventh all time in second basement, and he never won a go glove. Fair, fair. My other counterpoint is if you look at the actual career numbers, Pedroya is very comfortably behind. Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, and Ian Kinsler. Jimmy Rollins Rollins deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He won't get in. He's already off the ballot, isn't he? Yeah. Okay. I got. Okay. Counter counter to your
4: counter. Harold Baines, who's in the Hall of Fame. Which he shouldn't
0: be, by the way. He's
4: in. He's in, though. Career war of 38.8 compared to Bedroya's 51.9. Just saying. Just say I'm not Wars a big horse. Also, war. can
2: I? Can I just like? But why? Why do we pull numbers when we know that writers just vote on their gut? This is why I don't care about but the if hall of fame. We, if
4: we, I don't care. I've never. I, I don't. Think, I, I, I don't do. Have like, no clue I know who's on the ballot. Who? I'm a
2: history nerd, so I do. I care about like guys that I grew up watching, like getting in. So like the fact that like Barry Bonds isn't in the hall of fame. That's a slap in the face to me yeah. because that's how I grew up appreciating the game. I don't care if like he took a substance that everyone else and their mother was taking at the time, and if writers are gonna use that as a sticking point to be like this guy sucks, he doesn't deserve to be in. Then you know what? Be a little bit more lenient on the guys that did it clean after the fact and were entertaining in the way that they did it. Dustin Pedroia was every bit of that. Sure. He played yeah. the game right. He might have been a dickhead to a couple of writers. But guess what? That's because you guys are dickheads all the time. Dick's everywhere,
4: <laughs> so, man. Yeah, but also why, why that's, you, like, that's have the best argument I've ever karma. heard. Coop, a good my last- like
2: literally, like just let a couple people in so we can celebrate baseball. Like the fact Flip that there that. are years that there is no one being nominated into the like Cooperstown Hall of Fame, F you, F you,
4: I also think Yeah, my last. if clip the, it. if
2: the baseball hall of
4: fame is meant to tell the history of baseball, and that's like an entire era, the steroid era, you kind of have to include them. Cause like you said everyone and their mother including my mom who was on
2: hgh hitting tanks was taking mama l juicing she was on that russian gas
4: oh yeah dude my mom was hitting cleanup for the socks she's actually move on so um (laughs) but yeah man i not that he he didn't do steroids to be clear um but yeah man if you're telling the story of the game you kind of have to have i mean but then this is why i also could not give a shit about the hall of fame i don't even look at the ballots when people put theirs out people get so they're like that's a terrible ballot Hell could you vote for it? I just don't care.
2: Have you been to not? have you been to any of the inductions? No. No, I haven't. They're pretty they're pretty cool. They're pretty fun.
4: Yeah.
2: It's just it's like it's like a cool like you get caught up. Like, even though like you might be like, oh, like in the grand scheme of things, this is just like a big like PR thing for baseball itself. But like you go and you're just kind of like, Wow, this is a situation that's like a whole lot bigger than like the present game and everything. And like you have all the other like old Hall of Famers up there. It's It's a cool situation, and it brings baseball back to the level that it is just like a game, which that's Earthy Crunchy Coop in his feels type situation there. But put put Petey in the hall. That's all I want.
4: Go for it. All right. My my turn with enough said.
0: Do it. All right.
4: right, Here's mine. I think we have a infection, like a disease of sorts going around Red Sox Nation, and it's called Heimbloom Hangover where you, fans, do not want to trade any prospect with any sort of upside pretty much for anyone. Every time there's a trade out there for Major League talent, which is exactly what they need, the Red Sox need right now, every response, oh, I'd like to do it, but I'm not going to part with this prospect. Oh, it would be good. Can we swap this really good prospect for this AAA journeyman? Not every trade is perfect. You can't hope for every trade to be perfect or you lose your job like Heim Bloom did. So I just would, the way that the fan base is viewing trades, I feel like it's a hangover from that era. I don't know if you guys have noticed this as well, but not every trade's perfect. You got to get uncomfortable like Craig Breslow alluded to earlier in the off season, And I just hope that the, you can call it prospect hugging if you want. I hope people can kind of like ease up on that because it makes talking about baseball boring when, Nobody's nobody's willing to consider a trade for any of the top three guys. Like, just like loo- loosen up, everyone, loosen up, loosen up. You gotta gotta move these guys if you want the team to be good. You can't punt on a third consecutive year. You're gonna alienate every single
0: casual fan there is. So, man, people people it. just need to feel that like punch of like what it feels like to acquire a really good player again. Can you imagine? And what- how little you care about what what out what's outgoing in that trade when you get a Chris yeah. Sale. Like I, Buddy, I, I some, was obsessed with Moncada. Yeah, I was. I could. I was obsessed with Moncada at the time. And when they got sale, could not have cared less. See, yeah. Colt- do, have yeah. you ever
2: seen the Chris Sale tweet? From who? From me. Oh, it's no, bad. No. It's real. <laughs> bad. Wait, let me see.
4: Wait, wait, what are we? What are we referencing, Coop? Do we oh want people God. to try and dig this up? I'll i really don't want to take right it up because
2: it's awful every time i find it keep going uh, i'll f- i'll read it out loud when I, I find it. big old egg on my face um i i pull it up every time that like there's like an injury and whatnot but i was out on the chris sale trade
0: like at the at the time of the trade
2: at the time i was out Be- and i gave my reasoning like beyond just the tweet afterwards i was just kind of like i was i was high on Moncada, just like you and i wasn't really sure like what the hell we were going to get out of devers and i was just kind of like i i want moncada because he's a more athletic oh. player
0: did you say they should have traded i got drivers? it i got it
2: i got okay. it I got
3: it, I got it i don't think i did but all right are we ready for this monstrosity oh holy shit. i was on my game all right sorry okay coop, no no listen me. coop tweets not a fan of this trade sale is just going to be another star that flops I replied within minutes, I'm never going to let you live this down. Feel free to include any thoughts about David Price too. I'll be happy to accept them. Coop says we got rid of Yoan, which means Shaw stays at third, which means Hanley stays at first. I don't know who will be our DH. This is where I called my shot. I said sign Moreland, Hanley to DH, test Pablo at third. So yeah. the Pablo part. Suck dick.
2: Wait, who test two um, at third? Test two at third. You said kill Test Pablo the Ferrari
3: at third. You you said kill Pablo, get rid of his contract, <laughs> sign EE who I'm assuming is probably Eduardo Westbrook. Edwin
4: Encarnacion.
3: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh.
4: I was big into the enchilada that day. Dude, hey, you're both kind of right. You you both were kind of right in the end. Like he you Red so- you, you have to kill members. Pablo. Yeah. No chance the Red Sox win the World Series without Chris Sale in 2018. No chance. And then it also turned out to be a disastrous contract on the second half. So you're you're both
2: winners in my eyes. Oh, Sammy.
4: Come on. We're all winners here in the play.
2: Hey, <laughs> <laughs> dude, that image. That was scary. You like that?
4: Yeah. What do you think? No, about? I don't some, like that. some
2: feedback from
4: the fans. Pat was.
0: Do we like calling the Sign uh, Moreland,
4: <laughs> the playpen Moreland to the playpen. I love it. I think it's so creepy and disturbing. I like to freak people out. So that's perfect. Come on and play with us in the play. It, it always does.
3: All right. it I have very does. quick, very quick enough said. The funniest thing that could because everybody kind of including myself. I'm kind of in that camp. Um, I don't think Blake Snell's like all that fantastic. He, like, he's a solid You're pitcher. Not wrong. You're not he wrong. would obviously be an immediate upgrade to the Red Sox rotation. But considering what he's going to get money-wise, I wouldn't pay him that in 100 years. He literally is going to be CJ Wilson. I tweeted this earlier. He's going to go to the Angels, get a bag, and be like a mid-fours guy for the duration of that contract. And it's going to be so good because this is exactly what they did with CJ Wilson. They had a... Very lackluster team. They're like, we need an ace. Saw C.J. Wilson, who was at the time probably like the best free agent starter out there, and was like, that's our guy. And they gave him so much money to be so incredibly average or below. And Snow will do that the second he gets to that Angels franchise. It's doom and
4: gloom, man. I mean, he'd be in the warm Anaheim highway heat. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. It's literally a highway and then a baseball field, but um i don't know if he would fall off a cliff like that i mean mean, it's a funny comparison though i saw you tweet that and i i had a little giggle in the playpen but yeah i don't don't know if he's gonna be that bad but i could see him regressing
0: the snell thing is gonna be so interesting because so like he won a cy young and so many people hate him like i feel like i'm on an island of people that doesn't hate blake snell no i mean i i would be curious if that sucks i'm gonna Let's, let's think about this one. When it, when it, when his I season
3: happens this year, let's go back and see how it how it goes. I have wait. Sorry, very quickly. I looked up CJ Wilson, his stats with the Angels. He wasn't that bad. He was fine. Seven years in Texas, he had a three six zero. Um, when he was with the Angels, he had a three eight seven ERA. That's fine. That's pretty good. And he went fifty-one thirty-five. That being said, when you give a guy like that ace money, and you're getting like probably like a very good three in the rotation money, yeah, that could be Snell. Like Snell could be just below that four. Yeah, this might be this might be a good take actually.
4: I could kind of see this. Didn't they do a joint press conference in Anaheim and it was like Poo holes
3: and CJ Wilson, both of which were? I think they might have. <laughs> was it Pujols and CJ Wilson, or was it Justin Upton? cj No, I'm pretty sure it was. Poo I think it was, was it holes? Yeah. yeah. I'm looking right oh now. That's such all
0: a- right. I'll give you my enough my enough set in the meantime. It's very quick, and it's completely meaningless. And it's funny that it's going last. I think English muffins suck. No. I I was gonna try what? an English muffin for the first time because I was in like a what? cafe, and like this is just me thinking back because this How? happened like a decade ago, but I. I asked them if they had any muffins, and they said, "No, we've got English muffins." And so I was like, "Okay, I've, I like didn't even really know what it was at the time." They gave, they brought an English muffin to me. The thing is, just like, what, like a burnt bread patty? It's like, no, but don't disrespect it. Good. Don't disrespect um, English muffins like that no i hope yamamoto when he signs with the yankees gets only english muffins for all of his meals for the entire 14 years of that contract English muffins are i'm making good, an english man. muffin for breakfast tomorrow you know what's
4: better uh gordo if you're gonna go with english uh breakfast bread go for a crumpet crumpets are better never had one they're good they're like they're kind it of sounds... spongy ish but they're... you need to have more carbs like in that. your life
0: oh i love carbs you
4: get some Dude, weird carbs eating carbs things going on gordo don't you some some strange eating oh
0: stuff Big time. Wait, what else do you think? Because I, I eat like a kid, man. You had a
4: weird like, take a while back. I'm blanking. I don't know if any of you can remember, but you had a food take, and we we're all
0: like, "Wait, you've never had?" It was like
4: a fruit or something.
0: I don't know. I just, that sounds like me. It would be me to have not had something that you think is incredibly obvious that every single person, particularly someone in their mid to late 20s, has had. Yeah. Are you like That's Al Michaels, me. where you just like don't have veggies? That's me. It's okay. weird. I like I eat veggies, and I. I'm really good with fruit, but meat, like I don't eat like any red meat.
3: Oh, that's all. the thing. I My only eat hot dogs. I only eat chicken and red meat. I don't like any vegetables that is not like corn. Corn's corn great. doesn't even have any like value to it. I know. I don't broccoli? like lettuce. What about I don't broccoli? like It's so versatile. Lettuce also does not have value. I don't like lettuce. I don't like spinach? carrots. I don't like I like cooked spinach like in an omelet, but not like a spinach salad okay um i don't like onions i don't like tomato like chopped up tomatoes oh i hate like, tomatoes like that salsa? might that might be what you're thinking of sammy have i
0: given my uh soup take have i given my s- soup take oh. or tomato take let's hear this i'm dying to know your soup take. <laughs> soup take all soup is off limits all the time it all no, sucks shut the, fuck up. shut the fuck up all of it all no. of it no. and no. tomatoes suck no. tomatoes suck no. in every form including ketchup and if you try to oh. give me tomato soup, I'm gonna throw it in your face.
2: No. Tomato soup is gross. No, 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 no. What kind of I'm, soups have you had where you're just like you're out on Dude, all It's soup. like
0: what it's like, it's like just drink it. It's not food. Yeah, just that's what makes it. it great. It's like hot chocolate. Hot about, chocolate might have yeah, too. it has different okay, flavors.
4: Gordo, Gordo, chowder, clam chowder. What about that? No. Crazy.
2: No. Oh. Shut up. Get out of it. Um what about because uh, Panera makes an incredible version of this? Is um, cheddar and broccoli soup? No,
0: I'm with Gordon. You know, I've soup never, sucks. I've never tried Dude, it. But that would be the one that I probably
3: would be okay with. But did Pat just agree with me? Yeah, yeah. I hate soup. Is meaningless. I'll just put salt. In my hell cream. yeah, did Pat. The two children agree with each other. Oh, <laughs> I'll just, look at that. The five year olds go. are going to eat yeah, with each other. Go, go have fun. The at kids in your the playpen don't like veggies. Oh,
0: boy. Wow. Wow. We, eat, we eat solid food, no liquids, all get, solids. Get out of
4: my, ah. get, get out of my, I don't, I don't want to yell, get out of my playpen. I don't want my girlfriend's family to be like, what were you talking about? And you're, <laughs> get out of my, yell it, get, get out of my playpen.
2: <laughs> all right. On that note, we're going to wrap it up because I don't want any other things that are egregious to be said over the airwaves. Um, this has been episode 17. Uh, the Nathan Avaldi and yeah, the Luis Urias episode of Play Tessie. Whether you've been listening on the Odyssey app, we especially like if you've been listening on the Odyssey app, by the way, or if you've been listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, like a freaking weirdo, we still love you. Just make sure you subscribe. That's all we have. Sammy, if you could have anything for Hanukkah, what would it be? Uh, Eight new
4: subscriptions to play wow. Tessie so I could spend all eight nights of Hanukkah in the playpen. <laughs> wow! <What? laughs> Very well said.
2: <laughs> Solid. We're getting Solid. rowdy in so, the playpen. Get, buddy, we're getting silly in the playpen. Oh, uh, for episode 17, signing off, this has been Coop, Sammy, and Gordo. <laughs> Toodaloo.